Hello, Hello everyone. everyone. This is Exploring the Bible with Day and Day. My name is Jaden. My name is Jada. And our first episode, Don't, Don't Doubt God's, God's Love. So before we begin though, um, Jada, my sister is going to be leading us in prayer. But we hope that you may enjoy. God bless. Long, long ago, the Lord said to Israel, I have loved you, my people, with an everlasting love. With unfailing love, I have drawn you to myself. Jeremiah 31, verse 3. Zephaniah 3, 17 states, NIV, oh, NLT, states this. For the Lord your God is living among you. He is a mighty savior. He will take delight in you with gladness. With his love, he will calm all your fears. He will rejoice over you with joyful songs. In Isaiah, Isaiah 41, verse 13 states this. For I hold you by your right hand, I, the Lord your God, and I say to you, don't be afraid. I am here to help you. In verse 10 states, don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you with my victorious right hand. And so, Holy Spirit, we thank you for the opportunity to be able to do this podcast. And we thank you, Holy Spirit, for just the people who's on, who's listening to this podcast. And we thank you, Holy Spirit, for your wonder, for your honest, for just who you are. I thank you so much, Holy Spirit, for Jesus' sacrifice and how literally he died on the cross for us, Holy Spirit. And I thank you, Holy Spirit, just for just who you are. Like, you're mad pretty and so we ask holy spirit that you may have your way in this podcast that you may decrease Jaden and me and you may have your way that you may intercede for us all as you said you would and i ask holy spirit like in romans chapter 8 verse 26 and 27 and i ask holy spirit that you may speak through us holy spirit that you may bless everybody who's listening to this podcast holy spirit that you may pour a special blessing upon them holy spirit and i pray number six verses 24 to 26 over every person who's listening to this podcast May you bl- may the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your kindness. Thank you for your steadfast love. Thank you for your mercy. And we pray, Holy Spirit, that as we talk about not like doubting your love, we pray, Holy Spirit, that we may take these words into actions and truly believe them that he may help us to believe them in Jesus' name. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. In Jesus' name, amen. Today, God's Spirit placed on our spirits to talk about his love for us, his children, and how to not doubt God's love. But before we start, we just wanted to say that this podcast can't cover all of God's love. Because in Ephesians 3, 18-19, NLT, it states, And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to fully to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all of the, all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Since we all can't fully understand the love of Christ, we can only share some of what God's word tells us. Because, as I said, love never fails, but where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. 
For we know in part and we prophesy in part, but when completeness comes, what is in part disappears. So we only know part of God's love, but in the future when God does come, the fullness of his love and the fullness of what God really is trying to say to us will become apparent. finally starting okay so if our voices sound different from the intro and ending prayer we did this like a good like a few weeks later because what is it this audio we like did the whole podcast but then the audio um basically got corrupted so we couldn't like upload it and we kept on trying to find some way to finish it but it wasn't working so now we're finally back at it again yay, yay. so anyway we're still talking about don't doubt god's love so jada how you feel about that though like before we get into it before we start reading the scriptures how do you feel like have you ever had experiences where you doubted god's love yeah definitely once. like okay so like describe one of the most like what is it memorable experiences you had like doubting god's love uh man it's always every sometime when you say you just like oh no it's not like you really just feel like when you look when you get like closer to god sometimes mm-hmm. it's like you just be like ew why why i do this or why did i do this you know and so far, you look at yourself, you look at your old self, you look at your past self, and you'll be like, ew, how did God even love me? Like, then you start down God's love, and you'll be like, mm, mm, it's, it's not giving. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's how you could be able to, that's how I doubted God's love. But I thank God, because he really spoke to me, because this year, he was like, bro, there's no way you could doubt God's love, bro. As soon as you, if you just get this one thing straight, Jesus, God sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for you. Resurrected on the third day, ascended to heaven, and he gave us the Holy Spirit. When you get that, bro, there's no way you could doubt God's love. I think you missed an important part, though. What? He descended from heaven. Oh, but no, no, no. The most most important part was he died while we were sinning. Oh, yeah, he died while we were sinners because even in Romans chapter 5, verse. Um, verse 8, it's something like this. Let me pull it up. Yeah, it's not that. chapter 5, verse 8. It was like, uh, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That's crazy. When you get that verse, bro, you just know you can't doubt God's love. Like, right now, I live in a state where I'm like, bro, I can't doubt God's love. Sometimes, you know, it'd be crawling up. Sometimes it'd be like, mm, God really can't love me. But I really thank God because right now, I'm like, bro, I really can't. Like, he proved himself too much. And he didn't even ask me to prove myself. Literally, all he did, all he asked was for me just to believe in his son and to accept his son. That's all he did, and to follow him, surrender to his will, and follow him. That's all he asked. I was like, okay, period. Okay, okay. So, like, what is it? There's actually a few scriptures that show you what is it like, how great God's love is, how deep God's love is. What is it like the um the length, the height, the depth? Like, it, it gives you like dimensions about God's love. So. When coming to doubt God's love, do you feel like that it's unchristian to doubt God's love? No, because there was something inside. It was something that um, it was something I think Steve Furtick said. Let me pull it up. It was one of my favorites. I found it in my favorites. You keep talking, James. I just gotta find it. Oh, you gonna find it? No, it's okay. Uh, well, um, but like, like, um, well, to answer that question, is there any moments when I have like doubted God's love? Um, yes, there's multiple times when I doubted God's love. And it was based on this key idea that a lot of us have, this worker mentality in our relationship with God, where we think we have to be living this way. We have to be doing it this way, right? Like, if we don't, what is it? If we don't fulfill a certain quota, then that means that we don't earn God's love. So we are 
going on the mindset of, I have to earn the love of God. So if I do not act in the way that God wants me to, then I must mean that God doesn't love me. So when we are acting in the way God wants us to, though, we know God loves us, right? So we're just having that confidence. So you know it's when we sin, we don't want to be by God because we feel embarrassed, ashamed, and we also feel like we don't deserve God. But then when we are like in a righteous track where we're always doing stuff God's way, we're not having any sinful temptations, we're not having any doubt, we're just living a good life, we feel like we deserve to pray to God, talk to God, get good blessings, right? Because we have this mentality of, oh, if I put in this amount of work, like I'm doing God's will, so that must mean that God loves me. That must mean that I'm pleasing God. That must also mean that I'm working for the Lord, right? So we got to mess up where we think that if we work on hard enough and we like we take away stuff and we we say certain stuff this way or we think basically if we put on this persona then god will love us as that persona but he can't love the real us yeah and that's why i think even steven spray said it too he was like um i forgot i think it was like one of his sermons it was like mm-hmm. i forgot rejecting yourself like sometimes like we can't i don't want to say the wrong thing but it's like i'll just say it and i'll I, try to fix it i feel like it's like what's it called we try to reject ourselves but we can't fully love ourselves or fully experience god's love if we're still rejecting the person god's trying to change like you exactly. know if we're still rejecting yourself like even though god always told you to reject yourself but what he means by that is like bro if you know that someone else is, is starving right now and you already know you got a full course meal you're not about to eat that full course meal in front of that person's face. And of course, it's more to reject into yourself. That is one of the examples, though. It's like you're not about to eat a full, a full course meal in front of a person who's homeless or starving. And you're like, okay. I think it's like cute. Like the thing what I'm talking about, like rejecting yourself, right? I think what Jesus was trying to say, because like the, that's the script of the day for today, right? We're like on today we're doing this podcast. It's August 11th. Yep, that's how long. It's been six months in the making, guys. <laughs> what is it? Um, it says for the first day, for whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. And God revealed to me, look what He says. Whoever wants to save their life, right? Now, now we're getting off track for a little bit, but it's key for understanding God's love for you. Whoever wants to lose, whoever wants to save their life will lose it. So now what God is trying to say in this one verse is this. He's not saying you could desire suicidal thoughts. Like you should want to kill yourself. Not at all. That's too literal. He's getting to the spiritual mindset. Whoever wants to save their life. So it's like this. Oh, I want to keep, what is it? Being on Instagram all day, but not reading my Bible. I want to keep being toxic. I want to keep being petty. I want to keep, what is it? The life that I live now. I want to keep this this life where I'm always chasing money and I get put God second. I say I'm Christian, but I'm really not. I'm just saying it because I know that's what people expect me to say or that's what my family believes. Like Christianity is forced upon me, right? It's not really a choice. I'm not living Christ or choosing Christ. I'm just accepting it because I think that's a good choice, right? So you're choosing to, you want to keep the life that you're always been living, right? And then when God says whoever wants to lose their life is this, not whoever wants to, but this could happen. Some of you, after you're living your life for so long, you get tired of it. You ever get to the point where you get tired of, what is it, always being on Instagram, always being on Snapchat, always being on Twitter, always being on YouTube, right? Like, you get tired to the point where you're always searching for some new drama, always searching for some new beef, you're always in some problem, like, people are always hurting you, and you're always hurting them, you're always being petty, you're always getting into fights, you get tired of living that type of lifestyle, right? You're always getting tired of having to have a snotty or a cocky remark, you're always getting tired of being prideful, or like, what is it? Because the thing is, that toxic personality either 
brings toxic people in, making your life or living like, you know, a hell, or it brings, it brings, wait, no, no, it brings toxic people in and it keeps good people out. So then you having good friends, the more toxic you get, the more friends you lose, making yourself become lonely. Mm -hmm. And then you being toxic, the more toxic friends you acquire, making you get oversaturated and getting tired of it. So you get two things at the same time. And for me, that kind of happened to me. Like, I got tired of what is it? Like, a big sin happened in my life that made me feel disgusted. And I felt tired of constantly living inside this type of state of trying to get attention or trying to, like, live in this drama-like type world, right? And me getting tired of the life, I wanted to lose it. I don't want to live this way anymore. I don't want to live in this way of I'm always like trying to search for attention or I'm always trying to fight someone or I'm always trying to get some type of money or I'm always trying to just do something all the time. I'm getting tired of always living by myself, always trying to support myself. You know what I mean? Trying to be, what is it? Independent. I'm tired of that. I don't want to live that life anymore. So now I'm tired of my life. I come to Jesus. I'm like, I want to lose my life and I want to accept the life that you have because after tasting a little bit of you, I see that this life that you live, the life that you lived on earth and the life that you're giving me, that you're like proposing to me, I want to live that life. The life where I'm, I'm always at peace. The life where my, the peace that God has for me surpasses the life that I live. The, the life where joy is always present. The life where I'm experiencing the love of God, where I don't have to always depend on myself, but I can depend on God himself. The life where, what is it, where all my sins are forgiven. The life where I don't always have to expend myself or what is it? The life where I, always, I don't always have to be in drama or tension, but I can be at peace and in deep and simmered in God's love. The life where hey, I always... Wait, wait, before you say that. It's not that when you follow Jesus, your life is going to be perfect. Perfect. What, I, what he's talking about that is that your spiritual self, like your state of being is going to be at peace. Because Jesus knew, like if you go to John 16 verse 33, it says this. It says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. You're only having peace because of Jesus. Because honestly, you'll be having so much storms. Like, I experienced so much storms in my life, and it might not even, like, compared to another person who probably experienced more worse than me, you might be like, oh, that's not really hidden, but, like, in my experience, I'm not trying to say, like, oh, your your experience was, was like... Greater or smaller. Yeah, not trying to say that, but, like, in my experience, I experienced so much storms inside my life, and honestly, when you just focus on Jesus, when you have Jesus as, like, your, as, like... Your like, foundation. Your foundation of just hope and peace and love and joy, the storms may come and go. But you're still focusing on Jesus. You're still lifting up your hands and saying hallelujah to Jesus because, like, bro, you're living a it's like, life. yeah, it's you're like, living an abundant life. What the way would you how prefer? To live. Like, this is why I always say, like, what would you prefer, bro? Would you prefer to live a life, right? That's already toxic. Would you prefer to live in hell and then to go to one, or would you prefer to live a life of blessings and then go to one again? Because when you choose to follow Jesus, even though it's hard, it's actually more meaningful, impactful, and you get more to your true self. Dan, when you're always putting on this fake persona, like, think about this. Bro, which one would you rather? Be real and grow or be fake and stay the same? Be fake and stay with the same fake people. Be fake and always put on this fake persona. Like, what is it? Always, like, revealing yourself. Always having to post revealing pictures just for people to talk to you or just for people to come to you. Always having to, what is it? Um, you, Like, put on this persona of having, like, oh, my gosh, all this money. Always having to buy the latest brands. Always having to put your confidence inside, like, what is it? A name brand or a shoe or um, a product or even just, like, what is it? Your phones. You might put all your confidence into your social media account. But then once that account gets blocked, gets hacked into, or your phone breaks, 
What happens? Like, what do you want your what do you want your identity, your reality to be shaped or be like um what is it centered on? Material stuff that can die and fade, or on God that's eternal and everlasting. And I've realized for me, I choose to follow Jesus because I just can't live that way anymore. I can't live in that old life. I can't live in that toxic life because it's killing me. And I realized it's just straight up is destroying my whole mental state. Like, bro, I when I went in elementary school. I would think, oh, cursing is cool. Oh my gosh, I would love to like, what is it, smoke and all that stuff, get tattoos and all that stuff. Bro, but now I'm not like condemning anyone who does all that stuff, but this bro, now I just don't, I don't have the energy for that. I can't, I don't feel, uh, cursing is annoying to me. It sounds like, it sounds like, like, what is it, clanging syllables in my head. Like it, it's just very toxic and I don't like that type of energy. So you would never, you would never hear me cursing. But back then I would always fantasize of that. Now, like back then I would say, oh my God, sex and all that stuff is so cool. Oh my gosh, I would love to watch Robot Chicken or Adult Swim, right? But now, bro, of course, yo, Rick and Morty's mad funny. I'll watch that because I have the faith to endure it, right? But I'm talking about like, what is it? All that like pornography and stuff like that. I can't watch that or like what is it that over excessive what is it worldly stuff like i was watching like um what is it a video yesterday of like this like minute movies and it was like basically talking about like uh, describing a movie right and that movie was very very worldly like super worldly right and i was tired of it like my brain and my eyes literally felt like it got exhausted from just enduring that and i realized that literally when i would watch what is it like when I would watch anime that is like comedic and that is just you can see gods inside of it, I feel rejoiced. Like I feel like renewed. Yeah, like Full Metal Alchemist or like Konosuba and stuff like that. Yes, you can see some like what is it, sexual or worldly stuff. But when you just well, more like when you include God inside that and you see God inside that, it in, it in, what is it revives me. Like when I read the Bible, it revives me, right? But when I go into the world and I endure that worldly stuff that I have to endure it like literally you hear the words I say I have to endure the worldly stuff because it's so like what is it um tiring mm-hmm. to consume and I realized that when you give up your life for Christ you experience a, a life that you never would have knew could you could have ever experienced when you were living in the world you never could have knew that you could experience joy in your most worst situations you never knew that you could have rejoiced or be happy that you're enduring trials and sufferings you never knew that you could have what is it not always have a snarky remark or not always have a petty comment or you never knew that you could instead of fighting someone back when they attack you you could forgive them become friends with that person you yeah, never because that's like such a oh, mm-hmm. no 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 oh i'm getting out of ideas oh okay oh i'm sorry <laughs> but like that's actually really amazing because like jesus like he's well not jesus but like um mm-hmm. uh the person in romans the author of romans which is paul i assume uh and romans chapter 12 verse like oh my switch and romans chapter 12 verse uh 14 i would say bless those who persecute you bless and do not curse you never know how how it's like such a blessing to just pour on to others like you know to bless those really? and being generous to other people because before being generous to people used to be a burden but now it's more like it's bro, so nice be, and i like the fact that i think it was in proverbs it was like um those who pour on to others i forgot we'll like poured on to yeah we'll be poured on to themselves and pouring on to others also means just like honestly listening to them watching a movie with them doing a podcast with them like <laughs> wait jane and me oh listening to them practically be on the phone with them like for me i have a problem with just like being still and like you know being and like just being there for people like i'd rather send the scriptures or i pray for them i'd rather text them besides actually facetiming them calling them asking them hey how are you and even when i ask them i kind of leave them on read or read however you call it for like 
you know, a good week or two, honestly. It's not like I want to. It's more like I just be, just be doing my own thing, honestly. But I realized that what God wanted me to realize is that to really show love, you really got to take the effort to showing love. And it's not going to be, it's not going to be hard. I mean, it's, it's hard. It's not going to be easy. But God's going to help you with it. And I like the scripture because um this this scripture always encourages me because every single time when I when God allowed me to read the scripture that says bless those who persecute you bless them not curse them, a good way to bless them is that like you literally in the Bible it shows you so much different times and so much different ways how you could bless other people. Honestly, like my favorite one is number six verse twenty four to twenty six which I read in the prayer. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn His turn His face towards you and give you His peace. Literally, if you memorize the scripture, you don't even gotta memorize it, honestly. If you just like go on your Bible app or go into your Bible itself, you read the scripture over that person, bro. There's such a blessing, bro. You just bless that person, honestly. And blessing that person can honestly just be like showing love over to that person, blessing them with food, or blessing them, blessing them with a meal, or even Listen, attention, or, or even attention, or talking to them. Because honestly, you you may or have encouraging words. Yeah, or encouraging words saying like, "Hey, you got this, Jim. You got this, bro." Like, you know, Not like the office. <laughs> oh no, but like, you know, you got this. We kind of got off topic, so let's go back. Yeah, but like, what is it? We said, um, those those who kind benefit themselves, but the cruel bring ruin on themselves. That's what I'm hearing. You know, yeah. and like getting back on topic, what is it? It's like whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But then, keyword: never did Jesus ever say. But whoever wants to lose their life for me and for the gospel will save it. He said, but whoever loses their life for me and the gospel will save it. So you could, and this is what I was getting at. There's a lot of times, right, where you get tired of the old way of living, but there's some parts of that old way that you like. There's some parts of that old way that you want to hold on to. But you know that living in Jesus is better for you. So instead of living in these temporary pleasures, you want that internal joy. So you're like, okay, okay, okay. Jesus, I want to, I do not want to give my money away because I, I, I want to keep it. I want to buy this thing for myself. But you brought this homeless person that's asking for exactly what I have. I don't want to, but please give me the strength to want to. So now you're giving up your life. You're giving up what you want. For me, it would be like this, a practical example. I want to watch anime, right? But then Bible study comes. So now I could join Bible study, forgo myself, right? Join Bible study and not watch anime. And then after that done, I could watch anime later or not watch anime for that day and go in my bed. It's like your priorities, honestly. Mm-hmm. It's like, not trying to, like, it's like try to switch it to school, honestly. Like, just to, like, if you understand it. Like, you could... You have the choice, like Miles was telling us, like before you can have the choice to relax or you can do your homework after you, after you come home from, like you know, from school, and you know you take a shower, you eat stuff like that. But your priorities, really, you come home from school, or you have school, right? Mm-hmm. It's your priority that when you come home and they give you homework, what do you do? What first? do you do? What do you do with your homework, really? Are you going to say, like, say if you come home from school at like at four o'clock? And you know you gotta go to school. You know you gotta go to sleep like at 12 p.m. one one a one a.m. One of those times, right? Or 8 p.m. I'm gonna say 12 p.m. because normally when we have to go to sleep for school, so I'm gonna say 12 p.m. So you come home. You come home like at four or five o'clock. Mm-hmm. Now after you take a shower, give it to like seven seven thirty. It's your choice. If you know you gotta go to sleep at 12 p.m., what are you gonna do? Are you gonna do your homework or are you gonna do are you something? Gonna yeah, are you gonna relax? Now you have two choices with this. You can either do your homework first and then have the whole day to relax. Or you can relax and then do your homework and then be rushing at the end. Now, it could work two ways, honestly. 
But you, we all know the best way, honestly, is to do your homework first. And then go ahead and relax because you have more time. Because what, what happens if your homework literally takes only 30 minutes to do? Then you have like three or four hours. an hour or five hours to do? Well, then that's... Then you go, if you did it late, then you're going to have to take a longer time and go over your bedtime. Yeah. Literally, you might have to go to sleep by 2, 2 a.m. Exactly. I did it before, but so still. It's know? like kind of like this. Yeah, there's going to be points where you want to keep their old way. You want to, like, save your money. You want to not talk to that person. You want to curse this person out. But then you're like, no, I can't do it my old way. Because the the reason why we have that temptation to do it the old way, because it works. Mm-hmm. The reason why we say, oh, I well, can Well, it works in our, in our eyes. Yeah, yeah, right? Because it works. Like, like, let me explain, right? So, bro, if someone gets me tight, if I beat them up, bro, they won't get me tight anymore. But then if every single time someone gets me tight, beat them up, I'm not going to have friends. Yeah. You see what I'm talking about? Or if I want to solve a situation by not beating up someone, I want to talk to someone, they're not going to listen to me because they would think I'm a violent person. So now, the same way, oh, if any time when I get into an argument, I can just curse someone out. But now the time when it's not an argument and I want to talk to someone normally, they're going to curse me out. Yeah. Right? Or even possibly, okay, I don't want to give my money to someone. I'm going to give it to when it's the day. When I feel like it. Like, one of these days, I'm going to give my money to that person. That person dies. You see what I'm talking about? Or, I don't want to give a kind, encouraging word. I just, I want to, like, I don't want to forgive that person. I want them to forgive me. If they say they sorry, then I will forgive them. You want to know that reminds me what you just said? What? If Jesus literally, or if God literally wait for everyone to ask for forgiveness before, like, before sending his, yeah, before sending his son, Jesus would have never came. Because, bro, we be prideful. We think we don't need God. We think, oh, we got this all in a bag of chips. We think we got it, but... We really don't. So, if literally, if Jesus, that's, I think that's also why to be like, forgive, um, because that's like, just like forgive how, because how Christ forgave yeah, you. Yeah. Because if you literally wait for everyone that wronged you to say, I'm sorry, you're never going to get exactly. that forgiveness. And you're also, you're hurting yourself more. Exactly. Because you're holding on to that grudging. You're holding on to like that, that hatred. And you're holding on to that malice. That perfectly and perfectly leads into what he was saying you're going whoever wants to keep save their life will lose it because if you're saving those old ways you're cursing people out you're not forgiving people you're not you're not being generous you're not being kind you're indulging in sexual sin you're losing yourself you're killing yourself because it hurts the person right like what i learned is this 70 percent of diseases are because like cause right because of mental negative talks now, it's like the start of it is because of negative thoughts. Like 70%, it sounds crazy because like even though it's a physical sickness, like you can't cap this. A cold is a physical sickness. Yeah. Like you can't say like, oh, you you taught of a cold and your cold doesn't exist or cancer doesn't exist. No, 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 no. It, the thought caused the sickness. So a thought can change your whole day. In the same way how a thought of God's, a doubt in God's love can change your way. And that's what led to Adam and Eve sinning. And yeah. that kind of leads back to what I'm talking about. And the perfect example of when you doubt God's love, what happens to you? Because look, we're gonna, I'm going to show you Genesis 3. Um, we're going to read all of it. Like, it's going to be playing on this. And one more, like, we're going to read all of it until the point of, okay, yeah, until the point of its end. And I pray that y'all all, like, enjoy it. Because I'm going to see if I'm connected. Um, let me see if I'm connected. Okay, I'm connected. Yeah. Because I think this is, this perfectly describes of what happens when you allow the thought of doubting God's love to take control of your actions. And honestly, really, mm-hmm. it perfectly describes when you doubt what God said. Like, when you doubt God's word. Or when you when doubt you what God said. act on the doubt. It's yeah, because you act on the doubt. What is it? Doubting is... Uh, doubting is not okay. It's like, doubting is not 
like, what is it, encouraged. Like, it's not encouraged for you to doubt God's love, doubt people, no, right? It's encouraged for you to trust in him. But doubting just happens naturally. And to remember what is what God said, every single thing happens because of your good. So that means doubt and fear and worries and anxiety is for your good. But how? To challenge you and to bring that tension for your faith. Because look, Adam and Eve failed at this one moment. When they were supposed to trust and remember all of God's promises, all of God's faithfulness in the past two chapters of Genesis 1 and 2, of how he created them in his image and how God loves them greatly and how he started loving dust and how basically he poured his spirit upon them, all that type of stuff. That's when they were supposed to speak to the enemy, their future and also their present and their past. Speaking to the enemy what God did for them, how God is doing it for them now and what God's going to do in their future. But instead of bringing to the enemy their faith, they they brought to God their fear. So more like, how do I describe it? Instead of bringing to their fear their faith, like fighting their faith, fighting their fear with their faith, they brought their fear to God, basically saying that their fear is greater than God. Instead of bringing their God to their fear, they brought their fear to their God. And like, what I mean by that, like, it's okay to bring your fears, your doubts to God. That's what you should do. That's what God encourages you to do. When in doubt, bring your Bible out, what they said. Exactly. <laughs> A great rhyme, right? But when you bring your fear to God, I'm saying like, you are saying God can't solve this. This is too big for God. God can only accept me when I'm at my good state. Or God can only do certain things. God only worked for the people in the Bible. God only loved them, not me. So now you're bringing your doubts, your fears over your God instead of bringing your God over your doubts and your fears. And let's begin because this is just a great example of what I'm talking about, what God allows us to talk about. Genesis 3. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God really say, You must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, We may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say, You must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it, or you will die. You will not certainly die. The serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, Where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. And he said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? The man said, The woman you put here with me, she gave me some fruit from the tree, and I ate it. Then the Lord God said to the woman, What is this you have done? The woman said, The serpent deceived me, and I ate. So the Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, 
Cursed are you above all livestock and all wild animals. You will crawl on your belly and you will eat dust all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head and you will strike his heel. To the woman, he said, I will make your pains in childbearing very severe. With painful labor, you will give birth to children. Your desire will be for your husband, and he will rule over you. To Adam, he said, Because you listened to your wife and ate fruit from the tree about which I commanded you, you must not eat from it. Cursed is the ground because of you. Through painful toil, you will eat food from it all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles for you, and you will eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your brow you will eat your food until you return to the ground, since from it you were taken. For dust you are, and to dust you will return. Adam named his wife Eve, because she would become the mother of all the living. The Lord God made garments of skin for Adam and his wife and clothed them. And the Lord God said, The man has now become like one of us, knowing good and evil. He must not be allowed to reach out his hand and take also from the tree of life and eat and live forever. So the Lord God banished him from the Garden of Eden to work the ground from which he had been taken. After he drove the man out, he placed on the east side of the Garden of Eden cherubim and a flaming sword flashing back and forth to guard the way to the tree of life. So, first of all, great chapter. Tells you a lot about God's personality and just his traits. But the main point in this is showing you this. When you act on God's love, you are separating yourself from God and from also people. Not when you sin. You're just telling you to act on God's love. No, when you doubt, when you act on your doubt for God's love. Oh, no, yeah. you said when you act on God's love. Mm -hmm. Oh, sorry, my fault, my fault, my fault. I said when you act on, like, the doubt of God's love, you separate yourself from God and from human people. Like, from human beings. Because the thing is, a lot of our doubt does not come from us. It comes from the enemy. Remember, look what the enemy said. First question. Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? And then the woman entertained the thought. If the woman would have been became quiet, or if the woman would have ran away, or if the woman straight up just said, I'm not talking to you, and just walked off, none of this would have happened. When we entertain the devil, we see what happens. When we entertain, and that's why God, like all the time when they ever say about temptation, all the time when they ever say about anything, they say run from it. Because they're saying, bro, if you try to entertain like the devil, or you try to play with temptation, you're going to get burned. It's like yeah. playing with fire. So like the devil was never meant for you to play with. It was meant for you to rebuke and come over. He was never meant for you to like converse. He was meant for you to overcome and conquer. Because look, one, they did say we are more than conquerors in Jesus' name. But how do we become more than conquerors? Because of his love for us. We're supposed to attack the hate and the lies of the enemy with the truth and love of God. And when the woman started believing the doubt by that one little question, 
led one herself into eating a fruit, disobeying God, leading the first sin to enter the world, but also leading Adam into sin. So, one, you see how God didn't put the blame on Adam or Eve. He first put the blame on the serpent because God saw really what happened. He saw that, first of all, he knew that all this was going to happen. He literally was just entertaining their thoughts. He entertained their questions, right? But he wanted to show us through this example that... Well, he doesn't really answer their answers because he asked the questions. Oh, they answered. Yeah, yeah. So he asked the questions, but he already knew the answers. So I'm like, God will entertain you. Like, he wants you to speak to him. But second, he was trying to show us this. When we sin, we're, we are not the one really sinning. It's more like we chose to follow our flesh. We're following the desires, not of ourselves, but of the enemy. So we really do not have a desire of ourselves, but we only have a choice. What do we want? Do we want to live in life and live in blessings and live in greatness God's way? Or do we want to live in death and live in hate and live in sinfulness? Choose the devil's way. Sinfulness will give on this persona that it's great for you and it's fast and it's better than God. But we all well know is this. Which one is better? Seasoned food that o- over like a few days or seasoned food in five minutes? Seasoned food. It's like seasoned food over a few days. Seasoned is marinated. And then when you cook it, like after like a good two or three days, your, your chicken or your salmon or, or your fish or, or your, your shrimp. even beef. Or, yeah, or beef is going to be mad juicy and nice. But when it's after five minutes, bro, it's not going to taste as good as Good as, as the five days one, Yeah, right? it's like when you're barbecuing and you really want your ribs to taste really nice and juicy. You're going to season it overnight or you're going to season it two or three days ahead before you barbecue so like your ribs are nice and juicy. And that explains the waiting period we have. Adam and Eve, they had a task to do inside God's world. They knew what God wanted them to do. This was his plan for them to flourish, and they were at step one, day one. Well, not really day one, but you know what I mean. <laughs> they were at day seven for a long time. Yeah. And because they wanted to follow and believe in the Satan's lies about God, led them to living out the lie. You can live out the truth or you can live out the lie. Living out the lie will make you believe that you're ugly. Living out the lie will make you think that God doesn't love you. Living out the lie will make you think that God's not in your life. Living out the lie will make you think that you always have to fight someone. You always have to prove yourself. Living out the lie will think that you're not worthy of life. You're not worthy of living, which we kind of aren't. But God saw that we were worthy himself. He can decide who's worthy and who's not. He decided that we are worthy. He decided that we are worthy of his son to sacrifice himself. God is God. It's really crazy. Because God consider, like, he, like, through Jesus Christ's sacrifice, he said that we're worried. Like, if you understand this, you're, you under, like, I feel like if you really want to just, like, see how, like, if you really just want to, like, soak in the fact that God loves you, look at the greatness and the grandness of God. And then look how much, look at, like, how, how much, much he, he thinks about you us. and how much he thinks about you that he says that you are his child, you are his beloved, you are, you are in his image. You are not God, but you're in his image. And when you just look outside, like look, look outside, look at the sky, look at the trees, look at the plants, like your family members, they're all in God's image. And it's mad amazing. You're like, God made mad people. Like, why would he chose us out of all of them? Yeah. And he just said it. He loved us. He loved us before the world was created and he loved us after the world ends. Yeah, and what I must have called I asked my mom yesterday, not yesterday, like about two days ago. And I was like, Oh my, because I think we was doing a devotion based on like love and I was like, God's love too. No, it's parenting. 
right? Because I was, like, one of the first to date. And I was like, Maya, why do you love us? And she was like, I love you because I made you. Well, obviously, Maya didn't really make us because, you know, God made us. But, <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. but you know, like, but you know, like from, from a mother's standpoint, she's like, I love you because I made you. And why would I not love what I made, right? Technically, we didn't, like, if it's hard to keep up, I'm wrong. No. But technically, before we were born, Mommy was loving. Yeah. And after we were born, mommy loved us, but we didn't do anything to deserve her love at the beginning. Like, think about it. After we were born, mommy loved us greatly, but what did we do to deserve that love? Absolutely nothing. We moved us there. Exactly. And 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 now that we're in her love, we have to share. We have to like when we do good works, we don't do good works to earn God's love. We do good works because of God's love. And we do good works because of how we love God just to show cause because we know that we really love. can't do anything really to just even measure up to God's love like we can't praise God as much as us he bless us yes. but what we could do is try our, is best. Try our best we exactly. could do is praise God for what he's given us even though our prayers cannot amount to the fact of what he's given us or what he's done for us mm-hmm. and through Jesus Christ's sacrifice like Jesus Christ's sacrifice is like it's not equivalent to change uh, it's not from the alchemist yes definitely <laughs> and like the thing is too think about it what was it the serpent was basically tricking Adam and Eve. This is the two things that Adam and Eve did. They doubted God's love. And second, they wanted to be gods themselves. Yeah. God wants us to be like him. The serpent said, be like God, of course. The serpent's lying. Everything he says is a lie. By Adam and Eve eating that apple, look, what did it, what did God say? Now they're like us, right? So, uh, so like, what I'm getting at is this. When Adam and Eve ate that apple, they wanted to get on God's level. God was already at technically their level. Like, God stooped down to talk to them, walk with them, living in the same environment. That's great. Like, what? You're living in the same environment as God? Yeah, I was shocked when they said God walked. I was like, what? Like, God walked into the garden. So, you obviously, like, the garden was their crib. And God was living with them, right? And they were already God's children. And they were already going to be like God. Like, you know what I mean? They had God's personality. They had God's characteristics. They had God's, what is it? Um, features. They were in the image of God. They were reflecting God, but they cannot be what they were reflecting. They can only be a reflection. And like when we be like God, we are adapting his characteristics, but we cannot be him. We cannot rule oh, the world. Oh, example? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if this is really a good example. But it's more like, you know, like when you go into the water, well, not go into the world, but when you look at yourself like in a pool or in, or in like a beach, you could see your reflection kind of a little bit, mm-hmm. but you're not the water. You're not the pool. Exactly. And the water is not you. And the pool is not you. Exactly. So you're reflecting it, or I would say, for example, for a pool. Like, the pool is reflecting you, or the or the, or the beach, beach water is reflecting you. But the pool and the beach is not you. They're just exactly. reflecting you. You can't be God. You could reflect him, him but you can't through be his, your actions, through through you giving up your life to him mm-hmm. but you can't be god because as like the pool is not you the pool is not a whole a whole what is it? a whole human, human being, being yeah. but the pool is a body of water something exactly. like and look, look you know what adam and eve did right they showed what jesus said jesus had a jesus had evidence to prove what he said for whoever wants to save their life or lose it they wanted to be like god so in them wanting to be like God, they were trying to save the life that they... They were trying to get that life that they wanted. 
And by getting that life that they wanted, they were rejecting the life that they're living with God. And by rejecting the life that they were living with God, they were killing themselves. So they lost the life that they had. They lost the connection with God. They lost experiencing him. They lost hearing his voice. They lost him because they wanted to save themselves. But when they lose themselves and they get to God, that's when they really find themselves, right? And look at the first thing God says. The first thing God says shows you how, what I'm getting at when he say, do not doubt God's love. Even though they just sinned, even though they listened to the serpent, even though they doubted God's love, even though they act on that doubt, God did not condemn them. God did not hurt them. God did not fight them. God did not curse them. Like what I mean by God did not do all that at the beginning. The very first thing he said before punishing them for their growth He said, but the Lord called to the man, where are you? God was not focused on the circumstance, the situation, the sin. He was focused on the man because God saw that this sin was not them. They are not sinful. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they are not sin itself. They are not their accomplishments. They are not their mysteries. They are not their, what is it, miseries, I meant to say. They are not their mistakes. They are not their, um, what is it? They are not their talents. They are not their um, calling. They are God's created. They are the reflection of God. That's all that God said. God never once said that someone was their accomplishments or someone was their sin. God did say you are prideful. You are wicked. But wickedness does not mean that you cannot become righteous. Because if you are wickedness, then how can Jesus die for you? Jesus would kill you if he died for you. Because remember what Jesus came to do. He came to uh, demolish sin and the power of death. So if you were wickedness and you were sin, then that means that you're disappearing. You should not be here right now. Just hearing God's love and grace should be killing you right now. Right? But you're hearing it. You're saying Jesus is Lord and Savior. So that's showing you that you're not that. But then if you're at your victories and your accomplishments, then after the accomplishments end, what are you? Because if the if you are your victory and your accomplishments, then that means that after the victory is over, you're dead. That means after your mistake is done, you're done. You see what I'm getting at? You are not what you've done and you are not what you say you are and you are not what you think you are. You are God's created and you are God's child. You are God's beloved. That's why he says, where are you? Not, why did you sin? Um, Why did you listen to Eve? Why did you listen to the serpent? He said, where are you? I need to find your relationship. God, every time when we sin, he's trying to build back that relationship that we just lost. That's why Jesus came. God was so focused on our relationship, not on our sin. Because look, God, like this one saying that really opened my eyes is this. God's love is so much greater than our sins. God loves the sinner, not the sin. So, of course, your parent will love you always. But if you killed someone, your parent does not like that you killed someone, but still loves you. You are not a killer. You just killed someone. It sounds kind of confusing to say because it's like that kind of sounds uh, um, like, what is it? Like, um, what is it? Contradictory. You killed someone. So, of course, you're a killer. That's the title you have. No, you're not technically a killer. You are still God's beloved. See what I'm talking about? God never said you are a killer and that's your title. So that means after you killed someone, you can't become a healer. Because look, Paul technically was a killer, but then he's also an apostle and he also was a healer. So how can Paul be a killer, but also a healer? That doesn't make sense. 
But it does make sense if you think about God's grace and you think about the titles that we have in God. So when we doubt God's love, we are literally trying to, what is it? We're trying to deny all of God when we doubt God's love. Like when we act on God, when we act on the doubt of God's love, we're denying all of God. We're denying our relationship with God and we're denying our relationship with others. So when we say don't doubt God's love, we're saying don't allow the doubt to have you have the doubt. You could have 99% doubt, but have 1% faith. And as long as you hold on to that 1% faith, God will still accept you. But when you act on that doubt, you're rejecting God. And when you continue in that doubt, not having the, what is it, the humility to ask for forgiveness and to grow, then you're going to, at the end of the day, choose death. Because when you're acting on doubt, you're choosing death. But when you're acting on faith, you're choosing life. Even though you may have 99% doubt or 99.99% doubt, you as long as you have that 0.0001% faith and you're holding on to that, God still sees it and God still loves you. But when you doubt, does that mean God hates you? No. Not at all. But that does mean that you're choosing death. What you said? Nothing can separate you from God's love. Nothing can separate you from God's love. Indeed. Bro, you know how hard it is just trying to talk about one part of God's love. So how hard it would be to talk about all of God's love? We're just talking about not doubting God's love and we're already at 44 minutes. So imagine talking about all of God's love. That would take years and years and centuries and centuries, all of eternity. So... When we say don't doubt God's love, it's not saying, oh, you're bad for doubting. You're bad for listening to the enemy. You're bad for having that temptation. No, temptation is not sin, but acting on temptation is. So what we're trying to encourage you is this. When you do doubt, you're not a bad Christian. You are a normal one. You're, you're like. Oh, yeah. It was this. It was, mm-hmm. I wanted to say something. Hold on. Yeah. It was this. It was, if he gave you proof, you wouldn't need faith. That's good. Because if God gave you proof, you wouldn't need faith. So if you doubt sometimes, if you doubt God sometimes, it's okay to don't act on the doubt though. And a prayer that when I used to um, doubt God, the prayer that like um that like doubt His existence, the prayer that like um I think Dan told me to pray is like may um let my let my um let my faith over like be greater than the doubt or like be increase something like that. Let my faith increase more, like, you know, let my faith increase more than my doubt. Let my doubt, let my faith be higher than my doubt. Yes, let my faith overcome my doubt. Yeah, because honestly, when you pray that prayer, bro, God's going to give you the faith you need, bro. I'm telling you, God's going to give you the faith you need. He's going to give you the belief you you need. And you got to remember that God's going to give you the belief you need. Even though it might not be... Not the belief you want. Exactly. It might not be what you want, but it's going to give you what you need. Need. And like, okay, so we're about to end, but in like, but this straight up just saying it, when you doubt God's love, like, guys, why would anyone, bro, all truth, who says you believe every single thing in the Bible when you first read it? No one, I never met someone who believed every single thing, only if they experienced it. I never met someone who believed every single thing that Jesus said, every single thing inside the Bible, the first reading. That just doesn't make sense. God expects you to have doubt. Look at Jesus all the time when he says, you, you, why do you still have doubt? Because he expects us to hold on to that faith. He expects us to oh, increase in our faith. Exactly, right? So when he was like, confused about the disciples still having doubt, because he was confused why the disciples were allowing the doubt to have them. He was like, why are you, why are y'all still having doubt? Because why are you still holding on to that doubt? Why are you still holding on to that doubt, making it overcome your faith? He's confused because there's people that will literally condemn themselves for having one sliver of doubt and then deny the 100% faith they have. 
because they're so worried about the 1% doubt. No, 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 no. Switch your mindset. Switch your mindset. Pivot. Because, bro, there's no such thing as a person who has 100% belief all times. Because there will be points when you doubt God. And it comes in many different ways. You might doubt God in doubting yourself. You might say, I just can't do this. Whoa, 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 whoa. Moses said the same thing, and that's him doubting God. You could doubt God in another way of you're praying to him, and you just feel like he's not moving. So you're doubting God saying, oh, I don't think God's going to move it. But I have to remind myself of what I know. And a great mindset to have is this. It doesn't matter what I think. It doesn't matter what I feel. It matters what I know. Because what I mean by it doesn't matter what I think or what I, yeah, what I mean by what you know is this. You know what he says. So if you're thinking thoughts that contradict to what he says, submit those thoughts to what you know. You know that God loves you, so it doesn't matter what thoughts you have, God will always love you. You know that God will always forgive your sins if you confess. If you confess your sins, you will be forgiven. Remind yourself of that confidence. If you know that God has good plans for you and that it's for your good and not for your harm, and that you know that all things are working together for the good of those who believe and who loved him and who are called according to his purposes, remind yourself and remind your thoughts of that, right? The same with your emotions. If your emotions are feeling anxious or worried, or your emotions are feeling, what is it, out of whack. Remind your emotions of that. Or your emotions feeling doubt. Remind your emotions of God's word. So you're reminding yourself of the knowledge of God, even though you may think or or you may think or what is it, feel another way. You have to know, you have to know God's word. You have to act in your knowledge, not act on how you feel or act on how you think. Act on what you know, what God says. Yeah, before we end, I just wanted to read these two scriptures. The first scripture is Philippians 4, verse 8. Why well, comfort? Philippians 4, verse 8 to 9, and Philippians 4, verse 13. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. And the 13th verse, it says, I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Well, I'm not going to cap. I love this in CUB. CB version of the beginning. I can do all these things through the power of the one who gives me strength. And CB, that's the fourth verse. And then the other one is 1 Peter chapter 5, verse. Uh, what is it? Wait, no, I'm... Mm. Oh, it's humble yourselves. Oh, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 6 to 9. Humble yourselves, or actually 11. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Cast all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him standing firm in the faith because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of suffering. And the God of peace, of all grace, who called you to this eternal glory in Christ after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast in him be the power forever and ever. And I just wanted to read, I have two more, but I just wanted to read this one. It was in James chapter 4, verse 7. It was, it was, was, so make yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Verse 8, come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, your sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Verse 10, humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. And my last verse is this, which I really want people to, which I really want you to understand, is Romans 8. I'm going to read an NLT because NLT really beginning. Romans 8, NLT 39 to 38 to 39. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. 
neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the power of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. And I just want y'all to take this scripture away from John chapter 3 verse 16. And it was this one. uh, Where is it? For this is how God loved the world. He gave to the one and only son that everyone who believed in him will not perish but have eternal life. And remember, as in Romans chapter 5 verse 8, it says, But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. Yeah, I don't know how you got all those scriptures, bro. No cap. <laughs> but what is it basically at the end of the day is this. Without doubt, you can't increase your faith. And without faith, you can't believe in God's love. And without believing in God's love, you can't live a new life. And without living a new life, you can't experience the blessings that happen. You can't experience the greatness of living a life in Christ. So whether you're, what is it? You're five years old all the way until you're like 60 whether you're about to die or you're about to live, you can still accept Christ as your Lord and Savior right now. You don't have to have a long, complicated stuff, but as long as you believe in your heart that Jesus Christ that Jesus Christ raised from the dead and you declare with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, then you're saved and you believe. And now you can experience the love of Christ. So I pray that you all may have a great time and that thank you for watching our podcast day and day exploring the Bible. Bro, yes, it was long. It's about to be a six, 60 minute thing. Yeah, we're about to click this off. <laughs> but yeah, guys, I just pray that y'all remember the key of this message, bro. Doubt is okay, but do not allow doubt to have you. Remember the promises and the love that God has for you. Peace out. Part two is going to come. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Peace. God this time. Thank you, God, for allowing me and my sister Jada to just, you know, have this prayer time, you know, have this devotional time, talk to you, learn more about your word, and talk to our audience in this first episode of Exploring the Bible with J&J. I pretty may continue to just encourage us and inspire us, give us your wisdom and your direction, allow us to go down the right path, and I pretty may also continue to just help us find these audios and, you know, like, recover the whole audio that we lost. And they just may continue to just, like, you know, you know, pour your, your, your love, your wisdom, your kindness, your grace, your compassion, your excitement, your enjoyment, your, your fun, your presence, all of you upon this podcast. And that you may really just use this in the right way. I pray that they may not have seen me or Cleda, but they may have seen you and you alone at this word and that this whole podcast episode may have been a blessing to them thank you god for allowing us to do our first episode thank you god for allowing us to finally move and thank you god for recovering our data thank you god for just being the constant loving great amazing god that you are in jesus name we pray amen and before i leave i just want to say may the grace of the lord jesus christ and the love of god and the fellowship of the holy spirit be with you all. Have a great day. Jada and me say peace.